everyone. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. This is Mike. And this is Orlando. Yeah, so today we are on episode number seven, and we're talking about building a pipeline, right? But you know what I'm talking about when I say building a pipeline? It, it, that's kind of like sourcing inventory in, stuff out, right? Like Correct, kinda, correct, correct. Yeah. But there's a lot more to it, right? And uh, I think it's super key. Like, have you found yourself kind of building a pipeline? Um, I feel like I'm constantly adding more things to my store. It's still small, right? Like, I feel like I'm ready to start scaling up and start, you know, setting some goals on how, how big I want my store to be and, and how to get these items in, how many items a week. Uh, at this point, it's kind of just been on my free time, right? This is still a little bit of a side hustle for me, and I'm ready to kind of take it to the next level. Uh, but store is growing. Every week, there's more items in there than there were the week before. Uh, do you find you're, like, focusing on only certain items, or are you kind of like, hey, whatever I find... Um, you know, I definitely have like my like four or five categories that I, I do best in. I've done pretty well with like shoes. I've done okay with some clothing, um, electronics I've, I've, I've done okay with. Um, but, you know, I don't know if I've necessarily found like my niche yet, you know. Okay. So do you think it's best to have a niche or do you think it's best to just be all over the place? Because there's different like, kind of schools of thought on this. <sighs> it, that's a tough one because I feel... I feel like there's a lot of money. I feel like when I go out garage selling or thrift storing, I'm leaving a lot of money on the thrift table. Thrift storing? Is that like a word? Garage selling. When I go to garage sales and thrift stores. I'm just, maybe that, that we'll works. just add it to the lexicon. Sure. It's all good. Thrift storing. So okay. when I'm out thrift storing, it's a verb now. Um, you know, I feel You're like thrift I'm, storing. I'm thrift storing. Okay. There are probably so many items in that store that are worth a ton of money that I just have no idea, right? Like that if you were like really specialized in like a certain type of like mugs and you understood mugs, you understood China or you understood like different things, um, you'd be like, oh, this is a $200 item, right? So I think there's a definitely value in like having a lot of knowledge that you could use in like a very specific narrow area. But how often is that very, very narrow field going to show up in your day-to-day thrift, going to thrift stores, going to garage sales. So let's say right now you didn't have a job and you had to go full-time reselling. I'm going to want to know a decent amount about everything. I think I want to go wide. I think I want to go wide to start with and then slowly start going deeper. Uh, I don't know if I want to go really, really deep in one specific area um, because I think that limits me in a lot of ways. Okay. And and I want to say that's important. I remember years ago, I kind of wanted to do this test run. So I remember talking to my wife and I said, you know, I want to try this recently thing. I was, I was a teacher like you at that time. And and I remember it was Christmas break and I wanted to spend five full days. And this was way back. Like, I want to say maybe I was reselling for about eh, a month and a half, two months on the side. And I was so pumped. I was ready to go. I planned out I'm going to hit these stores on this day, these stores on this day and so on. And after one day, I was done. Mm. Why is that? Why were you done? I didn't find anything. Is it because you were only Well, okay, I found a specific? few things. Well, that, that was the thing. Mm. Like, I, I didn't understand. I, I guess building a pipeline and expanding your knowledge base are one and the same. Okay. Right? So back in those days, I was first learning to resell. And I learned a lot from uh, Jason T. Smith, who's a big eBay seller. He's kind of like a celebrity now. Mm. He had this show about thrift centers. And they were very big on that show about Harley and Hawaiian shirts. Okay. So that's kind of all I was looking for. 
So I would go to these thrift stores and I'd go into the clothing and say, I didn't even look at electronics. I didn't look at home goods. I didn't look at shoes. I just looked for that. Hmm. And I looked for, like, you know, kind of older shirts. It was kind of weird. Like, I, I wasn't even doing research. Like, mm. I'd see a Will Ferrell shirt, and I'm like, cool, that'll sell. <laughs> and I would just, like, pick it up. I remember, do you remember the uh, the cowbell? Yeah. Cowbell uh, Will Ferrell? Need more cowbell. Need more yeah. cowbell. Like, I thought those shirts were hilarious. I'm like, oh, people want them. And I remember picking them for five, and I remember they would sit forever, and I would sell them for $18. So I still made profit. But that that definitely opened my eyes that I didn't have necessarily, number one, the research, or number two, the pipeline. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? No, right, absolutely. Are you experiencing some of that right now? Yeah, I, I think, honestly, you have been a huge help to me uh, as far as, like, helping me see, like, I've gone to thrift stores with you. I've gone to garage sales with you. I've learned a lot of my, like, methods from you as far as like what to look for, how to move, how to negotiate, all of these things. Uh, I picked up a lot of it from you, but I find myself looking for the things that I've seen you looking for or the things you've told me to look for, right? So I'm specifically looking for, funny that you mention it, Hawaiian shirts, Harley stuff, you know, certain types of electronics. Which the market is pretty flooded right now, right? But there's still some money to be made. Or or, um, one thing that you had mentioned to me, and and I think that, again, that market has kind of dipped, like snapback hats, right? So, like, I go into stores and I look for, like, vintage snapback hats. And I think there's still money that can be made there. Uh, But I've noticed that, like, even over the years of listening to you talk about what you've sold on eBay, like, those are the things I'm looking for. As opposed to, I haven't even started to learn about women's shoes. I haven't even started to learn about women's brands for clothing. I haven't started to learn about, um, you know, different types of kitchen gadgets and how like that. It, it almost seems so daunting of a task to learn those things. Uh, but again, some of the best sales I've made have been like random things that I found and looked up and have realized like, Hey, this, you know, bottle opener thing in my job, you know, weird gadget is selling for 60 bucks and it's for $4 at this thrift store. So, um, I would, if I was just looking for Hawaiian shirts, I would have left that on the table. Uh, so I think that I definitely need to expand. Um, I just, part of it is that going back to one of our earlier episodes, doing the research and there's so many markets where, where do I start? No, I get it. And you know, this is just kind of interesting that we're talking about this because, you know, a lot of people think about building a pipeline is about having a ton of items. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But the other part is having items that will sell at different times. Mm. Right. So I'll give you an example. Like these last few days, I was I was hitting the Nike stores. Right. Because there's this friends and family uh, discount that I was being given. And a lot of people are doing Amazon, but I'm also big on doing eBay with shoes. Mm. Right. And so I have, you know, within a day, I already sold a pair of, of Nikes that, I, you know, I paid, I want to say like 50 and I sold them for 100. You know, ROI is not that big when you're doing like retail arbitrage for eBay, yeah. but it sold quick. You know, I still was making my money back. Right. But if, if I look at my sold, you know, over the last few days, it's like all over the place. Mm. Right. I could go from a Hawaiian shirt to a pair of hiking boots, to new Nike shoes, to a Pokemon plush. I, I'm actually looking right now as we're talking. I, you know, there's these shoes that I sold, these dress shoes. Uh, brand was Sandro Moscolini. I don't even know why I picked them up. I remember when they sold they had like a cool Italian name, so they sounded expensive. They right? did. I think when I looked at comps, it was expensive. <laughs> but I remember it sold, and I'm like, what? What is this? Or Babylon tennis shoes? 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, right? Okay. I mean, these were like some interesting, you know, baseball jerseys. There's a rain spooner shirt. I mean, there's some sandals. I mean, it's like all over the place. But building that pipeline was huge in the sense that, you know, there's certain times of the year, like, for instance, Christmas, right? Christmas does so year round. But if you're only focusing on Christmas, you're going to be hurting when it's mm-hmm. like January, February, and March. And, right. And, and maybe some people want, and maybe some people disagree and go, you know, Orlando, I sell a ton of Christmas in January, but that hasn't been my experience. Mm-hmm. Usually I sell a lot of Christmas in August. I I think people are just getting huh. <laughs> Is that, that weird. That, well, I mean, I don't know. It sounds weird, but I think happening. people are it's like happening. prepping their homes already, yeah. like planning it out. So... That's one thing I, I encourage. So what? how far do you think you've expanded? If you were to say, hey, these are my categories, what would you say? Um, you know, over the last couple months, quite a bit, I think I started with just very specific electronics, like two brands of shoes, um, maybe one or two brands of clothing. And I've been keeping like a list of like Bolo type brands and items. Uh, I, I feel like knowledge base is is the potential is so huge that I've, I'm only a drop in the bucket, but I'm probably, I probably know a hundred times more today than I knew a month ago. Right. Okay. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be making a hundred times more all the time, but I, I definitely have scanned enough things, have looked up enough stuff that I, I, I will never have to look up another, you know, whatever brand it is again. Cause as soon as I see that brand, I can go, Nope, Nope, Nope. Whereas now, it doesn't hurt like a year or two to look at it again. Yeah, th- that market like, might've changed. Yeah. But at least for now, um, you know, even even going to thrift stores, there's new stuff all the time. But I've noticed that sometimes it's some of the same stuff that's there. And I've already spent the 45 minutes going through item by item. So I go back and I'm saving time because I've built in my mind now. I know I've scanned these items. I've looked at these items. I know this brand. It's not going to sell, not going to sell, not going to sell. Hey, and I think that's just as important as knowing what does sell is knowing what doesn't sell is because then that's saving you time. No, I 100% agree. And so I kind of want to address building a pipeline is like make sure you have different items in your store, Mm. right? I still have (laughs) wine shirts from year one that randomly Mm. sell for me. And, you know, a lot of people say donate it. A lot Mm. of people say, you know, cut prices. Uh, There's a YouTuber out there who's awesome. He's incredible. And but he's very big on like if stuff doesn't sell at a certain price after 15, we drop the price. After 30, we drop it again. Mm. If after 45, then we got to figure out what we're going to do. Mm. So and that's that's one. You know, you can either talk about the the fast nickel or the slow dime. I think right. it was the fast dime and slow nickel. No, I think you got it right the first okay, time. Okay, just checking. So it depends what you're comfortable with. But I will say it, it's kind of nice because, you know, with like let's say Harley shirts, I still have a ton of Harley items and I'll still pick them up. But it's very rare. Like, I would say I sell a Harley item maybe once or twice a month. Okay. Right? And But at the same time, I'll sell another brand multiple times. Mm. Right? At one time, I remember Merrill Shoes were doing super well. Like, I pick them up all the time. And I still do because mm-hmm. they still do sell. But it's just not the same. Now, how do you how do you keep on track of these trends? Is it just a matter of? You have you have enough items in your store that when the trend hits again, like you've got the items there and they sell and you're still picking them up constantly. Well, yeah, that's the pipeline. Okay. Like or you, are you you're doing, ready? Are you doing some research um, as it's going to kind of figure out what what's hot and what you should be adding to that pipeline? Yeah, well, I'm definitely doing the research, and the way I do the research is, 
if there are things that I know will sell and they'll sit, I'll still buy them if the ROI is right. Mm. Right. So I'm willing to buy like Harley back in the day, like Harley T-shirts. I remember her Goodwill used to sell them for like five dollars. Now it's like seven or eight mm. California prices. Yeah, they've caught on. And all of you paying three bucks for a shirt. I don't even remember ever paying that much. Yeah, no, it, it's crazy. Sometimes, um, you know, I've been following some other, you know, YouTubers and, and podcasters doing eBay stuff. And I, I'm a little jealous of the prices they're getting at, at Isn't that crazy? stores. Yeah, for sure. Like, I wonder what people think when we post things on Instagram. They're like, what, you paid that much? Like, yeah. today I bought a Harley vest for $20. Mm. I know I'll sell it for 100 but $20. Huh. Like, that that's pretty wild. A lot of the thrift stores around here, I feel like, are uh, they mark up to eBay prices for at least certain brands, right? And they keep them in their little display cases, mm-hmm. some of them. And, you know, which I think good for them, right? Like there's the argument to be made, like this item is worth this much money, they should get it. But we talked about on a previous episode, this idea of, is there enough market that they can really realistically ask that much for that item in this local area? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to have to sell it online and do the work that we're doing to get that that price? True, true, true. So, th- and again, going back to ROI, this is why I'll buy certain items that I know are hot. Like, I'm okay if the ROI is maybe 40%, maybe 50%, because I know it'll sell fast. Mm. And then there's other items that I know the market is saturated, but I know that it's unique enough that over time, somebody will pay the price mm. I want, right? But it's about building that pipeline. Like, I'm not just depending on those items to make my money, right? So going on with the pipeline, what do you think is the magic number for you? Like, when when will you feel comfortable, like, hey, this is where I want to stop like having items, items in a store. Oh man, I don't, I don't know if I have a specific number yet, uh, especially because I'm just starting. I feel like I've got mile milestones that I want to hit. I, I think by, um, you know, the next couple of weeks I want to be at a hundred and I know there, you know, there's probably some of you out there that are kind of laughing Finish at that. that death pile. Yeah. Yeah. There's some of you out there laughing a hundred items is small, but yeah, I think that's like a first big milestone, right? hundred items. Uh, then I'd like to get to 500, then I'd like to get to a thousand, right? Like the problem comes down to storage. And then I guess part of this with the pipeline, and maybe it's one of the things we're going to talk about a little bit is what do we do when obviously you've got to have more inventory coming in so that you can keep building that store and have more, the more, the more inventory you have in your store, the more money you're going to make each week as items are selling statistically, right? Like over a long junk, but yeah, yeah. if you're buying junk, so you've got to get items in. Like if you want to have a set number and say like, I want to make thousand dollars a month. I want to make $2,000 a month profit, whatever that number is that you kind of want to sustain. Um, you've got to build the pipeline for that to, to sustain that amount. And of course there's going to be up months and down months, but um, so I don't know what that number is yet. I know like a dollar amount that I'd be happy with to make each month. So kind of figuring out how many items do I need and whether that's a thousand or 2000 or 10,000, I don't know. Okay. No, but what's your magic number? Mine was 500. 500. And I would say it was 500 because I noticed that once I got to 500, I was selling something every day. Mm. Right. For the most part. I mean, there was every once in a while where I wouldn't sell anything for one or two days and once I got to 500, I would say, and, and this is, again, you pick the right items, you do your research. I at least was making, you know, at the least $1,000 a month, mm. like net profit, right? That was, a, now, again, it's it's how you source, right? Right. You source cheap items. It's going to take you 
you know, a thousand items in your store. But what I found out was that, you know, I thought when I got to a thousand, it would double and it did double. Mm-hmm. But after a thousand, I found that there was kind of like a plateau. Okay. That no longer was it about how many items I have. It's about the quality of items I had. And and that that's kind of... <laughs> It was kind of heartbreaking for me. Mm. I thought, hey, you know what? If I get my store up to ten thousand, mm. right? If you do the math, right, a thousand. Let's say you make a thousand for every five hundred, right? So you're talking about ten thousand. You know, you're talking about you're making twenty thousand dollars a month in a year. I hope I got my math right. It sounds good. To Not me. a math guy. Sounds good to me. All right, so two hundred forty k a year, right? And you're good, right? You take out fees. You know, you're making six figures easy all day long. Well, that didn't happen. Mm. Right. But what did happen as I, you know, especially when I got over a thousand items in my store was that, number one, I was having consistent sales. And what I found was that items that I had listed a while back were now selling. Mm. And I think part of that was that I had expanded into so many kind of is a niche or niche. I, I, I don't know. I call it. I feel like people want to sound smart. So they go niche niche. I, I always say niche. niche. Yeah. I'm a niche kind of guy. Correct us if we're wrong or don't. It's fine. All right. Well, anyways, <laughs> I had so many niches. So, you know, going from Nike shoes to, to I keep saying Harley items, to uh, vintage electronics, to video games, mm. to Hawaiian shirts, to sweaters, to jackets, you know, to Navy pea coats, to all these different items that... I knew that as long as I kept putting items in the store that were a certain number ROI, I'd be okay. Mm. And so I'm okay with that. You know, did I hope for exponential growth? Sure, I did. I think Amazon's more of the exponential growth game, but that's for another podcast. So we wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. What is that? So we've got a magic number for the pipeline. 500 gets you about a sell a day-ish, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. So what's the magic number on the ROI then that you're looking at once you've got enough items in your store that you're getting diminishing returns on your increased pipeline? Okay. So by the way, I want to let you know, this is just my opinion, right? And there's others that share this opinion. I think <laughs> you going back to scavenger life, learn so much from them, but they kind of have this written out, I think, in one of their blogs on their website, but it is 500. Uh, and I would say ROI, for me initially starting with 20 bucks was good. Mm. If I made a clean 20 bucks profit, right? Because remember, the same amount of time you're spending to list an item that's 20 bucks is the same amount of time, most likely you're going to spend selling a $100 item. Right. Right. So I look at jackets. Right. So if you take a look, uh, one of the recent sales I posted on Inside, I sold a, do you see that varsity jacket I sold? Yep. Yep. Right. That was pretty crazy, by the way. So, you know, I paid, I think I put, I think it was 15. I hope I put the right number. I find that sometimes I can't remember. Yeah. But, so you're not keeping track on a on a sheet? No, Every item, no. what you paid for? I, I should. How do you know that? Listen, so you're just like in your mind, listen, you're the like. The IRS I'm, may be listening, okay? Gotcha. Let's not go there. All right. So <laughs> I think I paid 15 and, you know, it sold I, 169.99. Now, I say that because that jacket, right, it took me the same amount of time of another jacket that I sold for $50. Mm. Right. And so why spend the time now? I would say spend the time if you can't find those other items. Right. Sometimes I'll be in the store and I find nothing or I've had a full day 
and I come up with three or four items and I see, you know, sometimes if you find five of the same and you know they're all going to make money, just pick them all up. Right. Right? Because it's just one listing. Yeah. Just put quantity five and you're good to go. That's why I love the Nike shoe hustle. You know, I find one model, I buy 10 of them and I only list it once and I'm good to go. Good to go, yeah. So for me, it's more of, you know, initially I think $20 is a good start. And then as you're, as you grow and you have more inventory, then I think you need to get more selective. You know, there's some eBay sellers out there I know that have only, you know, maybe two to 500 items. Really? And they make about 50 to 100 on each item and okay. they just, they just source that way. I mean, that can, that would ideally be better for my uh, current like storage condition. Um, those of you who are in other states and have, you know, uh, land? property and land and, and uh, you know, we, we probably spend uh, for a two bedroom, you know, condo or apartment here with like no storage uh, more than, you know, a mansion cost in most of most of the country. No, right? I know, it's I it's know. ridiculous pricing. It's pretty here crazy. Diego. Um, so having a small storage, you know, capability I do think you have to be wise about those items. Like it would be, again, you know, if you're only making $5 each item, it's going to not feel as good going to the post office, packaging stuff, printing out a label. Think about all the work. Like you're back to minimum wage. And I'm not, you know, not trying to diss anybody that sells low dollar items. You know, there are some people out there that sell a ton of low dollar items and they have a system down or they have employees and it's totally worth it. Mm. I'm talking about like people like you, people like me, like I do everything. Right. I source, I pack, I ship, I take pictures. Like I need and use my time effectively. Right. So I'm at a place now where my ROI is about 50 bucks. I can make fit. Now you see me, like I break that rule. Like I'll pick up something that makes $30 or $20, but that's because I know it's a for sure sale. Mm. Like, so I'll still pick up the for sure sale, but a lot of times I really want that $50 ROI. And how, how often... When you are at a garage sale or you're thrift shopping, say use that verb there, um, do you find that you're getting items with that high of an ROI? Because I'm at a place now where I feel pretty, I got, I, I find those items where it's like, I'm going to make $100 on this. It's great. But more often than not, it's, I can make 15 bucks. I can make 20 bucks. And I'd rather walk out of that store with four or five of those items than nothing, at, you know, at least with what I have currently in my store. Um how often are you finding those big items? I would say it's not all the time, but see, I build a pipeline enough that my bread and butter items are still selling. Gotcha. Right. So, you know, snapback hats, right. I still pick up hats. Right. And, and, and not as often as I used to, but I have so many hats that, you know, they'll still sell or I'll mm. still sell those shirts that only make me 20 bucks profit. <clears throat> so they're there, but the goal is eventually as I pick up a lot more of these higher ROI items, that then those become my bread and butter items, right? And then you just move up to a higher ROI. Now, how long, if that's the case, though, if, if I guess I got two questions for you here. Uh, first one, how fast should somebody be trying to build this pipeline? Let's say you're starting with zero in your store. You want to get to 500. Um, it, should this be, like, is there like a daily goal, a weekly goal? Like you should expect to get 10 items a day, 10 items a week, like what's your what do you what what's your thought on that? For me, it's as fast as possible. You you set up your goals. I for me, even right now, as you know, a, a full time reseller, my goal is to list ten items a day, mm. right? So you know that means ten items a day. That's seventy items a week. But I probably sell about the same, right? So I'm trying to keep the store moving, mm. right? 
ideally, and maybe if I hire an employee in the near future, you know, I would like to list about 50 items a day. You know, there's two reasons for that. Number one, the eBay algorithm, right, which we'll talk about one day in a conspiracy episode like that. And number two, you know, you the more product you have out there, the more eyes are on it. Right. And you're going to make more sales. Uh, going back to the <clears throat> algorithm thing, I think it's, it's, it's working for me even in the sense of, and this could, again, just be coincidence, but to, on weekends when I have a chance to actually list some items, I'll list like 10 or 15 items and almost guaranteed immediately after listing or within a day, I've got four or five items selling that have been sitting and haven't gotten any offers and haven't. Mm -hmm. And it just, it definitely seems like crazy? as soon as you start listing like things, out of nowhere, active, like, ching, 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 ching. Yep. you're like, what is going on? Yep. No, I get that. I, it, it's so, it's, it's so almost weird. like reverse gambling. I mean, I know eBay makes the money off of like they get their 10% sell. So they're incentivized to, uh, to get you to list items. Cause that's how they make money. Uh, but it's almost like, they're saying the more money you make and are willing to make, the more money will help you make. Yeah, but there's so many. And again, I don't want this to be the focus. I really want to have a conspiracy. Like once episode, once we have enough of a following, I would love to do like a live stream. Yes, have people send in there. Like their right videos, when we're videos. talking about it. And one of them is that they, they initially, if you're a new seller, like they'll allow you to have all your items be seen by all, all mm. buyers. And that if you've been in the game longer, that they throttle, throttle your listings based mm -hmm. on what you're selling. So they want you to sell as much as possible in the I beginning hook you. to hook you into eBay. Maybe that's why I had to. I don't know if sales. that's true. I've hey, just heard that. It could. It definitely could be. I've, I, I feel like my first two weeks in eBay was like, just like a, I found a gold mine, right? Yeah, like, now you're hooked. Now I'm hooked. And now it's like a, the gold mine has turned into a silver mine. It's still money, but it's just yeah, not but, as big. But again, that could just be us yeah, veteran resellers just jealous of that you're having a good time. Yeah, you're having a good month, a good yeah, week, whatever. Now, I want to address this, that the best time to build your timeline, and your timeline, your pipeline is when things are slow. Okay. Like right now... I have found over the years, like summer could be miserable, mm. except for unless you're Mike. Like if you're Mike, like your summer's awesome. You make a lot of sales. Making a ton of money. Okay, right? But even myself, I've had a few slow weeks. And I have just continued to source, continue to list, right? So what I've done is I've been able to list a far more than I've been able to sell, knowing that once August and September come along and, and you know, Q4 is around the corner, all those items are going to be ready to sell, mm. right? So I'm taking advantage of that time. I'm building that pipeline. So I would say to you, Mike, right now that you have the spare time and, well, your, your sales aren't slow, but if they were, like now is the time to build it. How, how do you feel about that? I mean, I, I'm in. Like I want to get to 100 as fast as possible. And then I think after 100, I mean, of course, every – even number that's big after that 50, 150, 200, 250, like those are all going to be exciting. But I think 100 is like my, my first milestone and then 500 is like, you know, where I'm looking to be. So, okay. Now I will throw a warning out there. Like you have to make sure you're building a pipeline that works. Yeah. All right. Do your research. Do right. your research. Do I your mean, research. you know, it's, it's kind of, I have a lot of respect for those ultra veteran resellers and YouTubers that, They'll get these messages. And, and some of you maybe are thinking this, okay, so I'm not trying to diss anybody, but, you know, they'll send this message like, hey, I have 50 items in my store and I haven't sold anything in a week. And in my mind, I'm going, well, of course. Like, think about it. When you walk into a, let's say you walked into, let's say Albertsons, and there were 50 items in that store. 
right? What are the chances that you're going to buy items from that store? Yeah, that like the specific type of bread I'm looking for is one of the 50 items they have. Correct. Normally, a grocery store probably has thousands upon thousands. Okay, yeah, so think yeah, about absolutely. it. So let's say in that day, you have 20,000 people go through that store and there's only 50 items. There's going to be a lot of people that are not going to buy those 50 items, right? If you walked into... Let's think of a store that still exists. Does Macy's still exist? Yeah, I think so. Okay. For now. If you go to Macy's and there's only 50 items in the store, a couple of things happen, right? You walk in, you're like, ah, do I really want to be here? There's not there's not much, right? Or or you don't have that, you know, you don't have that confidence. Now, that's if people visit your store. Most people don't visit your yeah, store. Yeah, they're just right? looking for items. They're just looking for items. But Again, if you only have 50 items, what are the chances that you have the item they're looking for? Yeah, especially when you think of things like clothing, right? Like Macy's is a good idea or a good example. You walk into a Macy's, I'm looking specifically for a specific size, a specific brand, a specific color within that brand and size, right? So if 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 that's what people are looking for, if they're looking for a Harley vest like you've talked about, but they need it to be a certain size and you've got one Harley vest, well, it's going to take a while to find that person looking for that size, that brand, that style. But if you've got 10 Harley vests that you've been able to add over time, then you're going to be finding those people and those will start selling. I mean, it could take a year for an item to sell, but if you've got 10 of them, that's one almost every month, right? So it ends up working out. I see how that works. So that's huge. So, you know, if you're just, you're brand new, and I know a lot of veteran resellers are thinking about this episode and go, yes, we know Orlando. Yes, we know Mike. But I think even as a veteran reseller, I need to remind myself that building a pipeline is not having a lot of inventory. It's having a lot of inventory that is going on and following the current trends, right? Because even right now, I have a lot of inventory that is stale, and it's going to stay stale for a while, and I'll have to figure out what I do with it. Maybe I drop prices. Mm. But I definitely need to be looking out for those items that are hot right now. Mm. I'm not saying hot like... You know, there's a new thing, but hot as far as, you know, there's a lot of demand for this item right now, like 90s clothing, mm-hmm. right? Vintage 90s clothing is is a hot item, right? It, it went in decades, right? So, like, the 70s came back, and then the 80s, and now it's the 90s. What was, like, the style in the 2000s? We're going to have to figure that out. Get ahead of the know. trend on that and start buying those up because that's I the next. I don't even remember much of the 2000s, <laughs> not because I've involved in anything crazy. It just... It's 2000. Yeah. Like, I, I remember 9-11, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. But what, I, what I'm trying to say is I used to pick up this, these clothing items that were from, like, the 50s and the 60s and mm. 70s. Maybe it's still, this is still so well. Maybe I don't There's know There's still a enough. niche niche market. Yeah, for, maybe there is. <laughs> but I don't pick them up anymore mm. because they, what, I used to be able to command for them. So I remember I used to pick up leather jackets from the 70s. And I'd pick them up for $10, certain brands, and I'd sell them for $100. Mm. And this was like five years ago. Now? No. But if I pick up, let's say, something that's cross colors or a Tommy Hilfiger item from the 90s, that'll sell. And it'll sell for money. Right? So you got to make sure if you're a veteran reseller that you're constantly evaluating what are you picking up. That you're staying relevant, right? Yeah. It's important. You got to be real. You got to be real. Got to be relevant. And you'll be reselling. All right, wait. We're not done yet, though. We're not done. We're not done. Okay, so... You know, what is what we want to kind of just wrap this all up here. Like, number one, build your inventory, right? Get to that number. If it's 500, which I think it is, get to it as fast as you can, all right? And, but there isn't a magic number. Make sure you're not trying to be niche or niche specific, right? But there are some people that it works for. Yep. 
right? It hasn't been my experience, but there are others that just sell certain things and they have that corner of the market. So uh, what are some other things you picked up? Um, yeah, no, I think that stuff's all that information is good that we just talked about. What I would say though, if you are, because again, this these some of these episodes, you know, are more tailored to people who are newer, like I am, or just yeah. kind of getting started. Uh, but if you're a veteran reseller um, and you have experience specifically with like a plan of action, you've got a plan for uh, getting as many items in your store as possible the right types of items. Um, what were your goals? Like, we'd love to hear it, right? Like, yeah, was it 10 definitely. items a day? Was it 20 items a day? Was it, um, did you find, you know, you, you was your system to shop three days a week and post two days a week? Like, what what were your systems? Yeah, what we haven't even you? talked about that, yeah. right? I would say don't be haphazard about your listing. Like, you stay committed, mm. right? You set up that schedule and you go for it. Uh, one thing, again, I just want to make sure you are building that pipeline in the summer. Like, now is the time, right? People are out on the beach. They're at Disneyland. They're everywhere else but the thrift stores. Mm. And they're not going to the garage sales, right, for the most part, mm. right? Would you say there's not as many people at garage sales? Yeah, especially as it's hot, right? Like there's, yeah, no one even, wants to go out. Even the people selling at the garage sales don't want to be there. Some of them hide in their house. And then, like, when you walk up, they'll like, pop true. their head out. I have experienced yeah. that. <laughs> so I would say now is the time. So build that up, and then hopefully you'll see – your investment take off in a couple months. Yeah. Christmas time, I'd love to have just money flooding in. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all? All right. Hey, make sure to follow us on YouTube. Instagram, Twitter, everything. Yeah. And subscribe to us on YouTube. I think YouTube's kind of, you know, we kind of got to build that up. Yeah, I think, we, you know, the more support we get from you guys, the more we're able to do for you guys, right? Like, yeah, the, that, more you, the more people watching and, and listening... Um, the easier it is for us to put this content out and make sure it gets seen by, by people. So, All right. So thanks so much for all of you that are following us. We'll be releasing this soon on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, and other platforms. So make sure to be real. Be relevant. Be reselling. Peace. Peace.